Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Anything But Typical podcast. This is going to be fun because we're actually reversing roles today because I was actually on Reese Arlen's podcast a couple months ago, and so we've got the mics turned on him today. That's right. That'll be fun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, um, but I don't know how Christian got out of this one because uh, yep. he's your partner, and like, I was on with both of you guys, but it's just... Couldn't even bother Reese, to show up. <laughs> you got you got to shoulder this whole thing. So yep, anyway, that's okay. we'll get into uh, their business partnership and all that kind of stuff. But here's the deal, Reese. So he's a he's a fitness guy, and he he he's also kind of a guy that likes variety. So you know he may go from one place to another, but he's he's uh, gone to a new gym now. A lot of people don't know him, but he's walking from the parking lot into the gym. And lo and behold, because he is a native charlatan, very few of them, somebody sees the him. last one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and they see you, and they start talking about you, Reese, and they don't realize that you can overhear everything that they're saying about you. What would you want somebody to say about you? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, I, I would want people um, to, to recognize my, my passion for things, my passion for living, my passion for... Um, encouraging other people's success um you know in in late years that's been that's been a passion for entrepreneurship and encouraging other business owners to um you know take that dive take that chance that's what that's what we spend a lot of time talking about on our podcast um you know of course it would be it would be great to for somebody to be like oh he's a really nice guy but i'm sure people probably don't say that about me uh i think what's more what's more likely um so here's something you don't know about me gary I, i i started playing pool in league um with some of my best friends in 2014 Okay. So I am a I am a native Charlottean, probably the last one left. Uh, me and my friends, pretty much. But um, we're all from Mooresville, and we noticed starting in about 2014 that we um, started to kind of part ways a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, one guy's married, and has a kid. One guy's working night shift. You know, I'm doing my entrepreneurial thing. We got a guy that's a nurse. You know, like they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that we all love to do is play pool, and so we started playing pool in 2014. Just as a fun thing to do, we'll get together once a week, you know, cut up a little bit, you know, do whatever. Yeah, great cool. excuse to stay connected, get together. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. That's all it was. And um, when you win your league for pool, you go on to the regional tournament, which is called the Cities Tournament. And if you win that, you get an all expense paid trip to Las Vegas to play in the World Series of Pool. Oh, cool. And and so uh, we've won that tournament three times. So since wow. 2014, we've we've <laughs> we've gone we've won the Vegas trip three times. Uh, my dad's on my team now, currently. Oh, cool. So um, my dad and I really showed up this last tournament, and we went last August for that. But um, so more than likely, if somebody knows me from the area, it's not from business. They probably know just because I've played pool for as long as I have. Right. And if they know me from that, I would hope that they would say he's a fierce competitor, but he's fair because I'm mm. hyper competitive. Mm-hmm. I always want to win, no matter what. Like mm-hmm. I always want to win. I will not cheat but I do want to win. So yeah. if you beat me, you've earned it <laughs> right, right. every time. Wow. Yeah, I like that. And I'm sure that comes in handy in business as well. It does. Um, I always want to win, but um, the, the nice thing about marketing is that we're creating situations that are a win-win. You know, um, if, if I've created a circumstance that, you know, I'm, I'm elevating your business, I'm a revenue generator, I'm bringing more business to you, then everybody's happy, you know? Yep. It's not like dealing with somebody that's mm-hmm. sick or not having a good time every day. It's like, it's like things are going great. How are things with you? And then, you know, as a consequence mm-hmm. of that, we've had 
clients since since our onset in 2017 and it's great because i know them very personally i've been to their houses i've mm-hmm. been you know I've, yeah. I've gone on double dates with them and their wives and stuff like that so it's it, very blessed is all i can yeah, say yeah that's cool so for those of you that do not know reese yet reese is an owner and the coo of business marketing solutions group and before we get into that because I've got to rewind us a bit because we mm-hmm. were jumping right in. Yeah. Um, share with the listeners what you were doing before that because this is not the first company where you were an owner. So talk That's to us right. about what you were doing before. Yeah. Uh, well, I've, I've taken some crazy career shifts over the years. I think most people have these days. But um, I got out of grad school in 2014. I got my, my MBA from UNC Charlotte. Um, immediately after that, um, I wanted to open a gym, um, you know, being into fitness and whatnot. I've, yep. It's always been a passion of mine. Um, another passion of mine, however, was uh, cars, and I, I grew up around it. When I was born, my dad had like ten classic cars, yeah. and mm, you cool. know I just live and breathe horsepower and, and octane, I guess. But um, so straight out of grad school, um, I kind of got into the family business. Um, I worked at Foreign Cars Italia for a brief period, uh, mm-hmm. buying and selling our marquees back then were Maserati and Aston Martin, mm-hmm. and then I, I took some connections. So. Um, some of the networking that I had from back then, and I started to branch out and do my own thing and buying and selling classic cars. Um, I hit the market at a really good time. I got really lucky, um, made a lot of money, and I always joke and I say that um, I loved the cars and I hated the people um, because <laughs> you know the, the best way to sell a guy a Ferrari is to tell him he can't afford it. You know, and it just kind of you kind of mm-hmm. have to mock yourself up like that type of a scumbag type of thing to right. do it. Um, after that, um, so I always wanted to be in the health and fitness world. Made a ton of money selling cars. Um, I in 2017 I opened uh, Nutrishop Mooresville. Um, think about it like a GNC. It's a um, it it was like a nutrition store. We bought and sold supplements. Um, one of our market differentiators is that we had an in-body machine in the okay. location, yeah. so we were able to test. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure. So I'm 100 curious. The three of us know what that is. Yeah, yeah. explain to the listeners. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> uh, as soon as I said in-body, Gary's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I knew immediately that Gary. Uh, it knew what that was. So, so in-body machine, think about it like an advanced uh, scale. You stand on it, you actually uh, actually have to take your socks and shoes off, mm-hmm. so you wipe it down before so people, some people still get a little weird about it, but it's okay. Um, you grab these handles, um, and it, it essentially tests your uh, skeletal muscle density as well as your body fat percentage using electrical impedance. And so mm-hmm. um, the machine that I had used uh, an eight-point test, so you think about... Um, two points on each hand, two, two, and then uh, heel toe. So, so eight points in total. I've probably done 5,000 in-body scans in right. my life. Um, it's pretty surprisingly accurate. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really nice because um, everybody was on staff was a certified nutritionist. So it wasn't just they were trying to sell supplements, but we um, also tested people's skeletal muscle density and tracked their progress. Um, again, it's all about building those relationships and, and having some give them a reason to come back in the store because you can get supplements anywhere. Yeah. Um, I did that from 2017 to 2019, um, and at the end of 2017, of course, Christian approached me uh, with the brilliant idea of starting a marketing company, and um, that's what I've done ever since. So. Yeah, so so fill us in on that dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Christian approaches you about, hey, I have this idea for this company. Where does it go from there? Oh, boy. Uh, well, we our company is actually founded on a cocktail napkin. Uh, I, I, wish, I wish that I still had, had a couple of those. Yeah, we? yeah. Um, so, so Christian, um, Christian and I have been have been best pals since uh, 2011, 2010, 2011. Um, we worked together at a nightclub doing marketing of all things. Um, so we can kind of track a little bit of our company's yeah. base around that. Um, 
but we're flying to Las Vegas, and let me tell you, Christian is the worst person to ever hop on a plane with. Um, you know, his, he gets all cold and clammy. His, his skin turns bright white. He gets all scared and nervous and things like that. And, and I'm, a, I'm a very comfortable flyer, you know. I'm just like, whatever, just get me there. Like, I'll try to pass out. And um, so, you know, we, we had a couple of cocktails on the, on the airplane. We're actually going there for his um, uh, bachelor party. Um, and we kind of put our heads together. Um, so he had started the way that he had started the company. Um, he was doing it for sales training. Um, in fact, the LLC that we still operate under is Sales Step by Step LLC. That's what that was the original goal of the company. And we were working with fitness centers because that was a lot mm. of our network just yeah. from doing whatever. Interesting. Um, and so he was doing sales training. And what he quickly found within a, the matter of a couple of months was that the people that take sales training are that that are you know subject to the influence of learning um they typically do very well because they'll enact the practices and and whatnot um and then a lot of people especially in the fitness industry seems like they kind of want to stick to their own ways you know they want to offer this offer do whatever the way that they that they do things but what he found was that a lot of fitness centers wanted to stick to their own ways but they wanted a new way to have leads come in or or Mm -hmm. application flow for personal training for gyms by the way christian and i were personal trainers as well from 2012 2014 about you know 30 pounds ago or something like that too (laughs) but um so fitness has always kind of been a part of it Mm -hmm. nice so i want to get to the core of your why when it comes around entrepreneurship a little bit because it's very easy to be able to go get a job and and have that be the career so what about being a business owner was attractive to you Everything. Um, I, I think I'm unemployable. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've said the same thing multiple times. Like, I'm the worst employee. I, so. Oh, I'm the worst employee. I'm the worst employee, but I'm the, I'm the best advocate. You know, um, I uh, I've had this recurring problem through all the different jobs and careers and things like that. I've been lucky enough to work through, but um, I I'm not a good employee. I'm not. Um, I, I I'm, I'm efficient. Um, I care about work being done. Um, you know, I, I care about the completion, the A to Z, which made me a, a very natural operator and the the uh, things that I do for Business Marketing Solutions Group now. But I'll tell you, um, I definitely uh, sing the dance of my own horn, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. I, I make my own hours. I make my own rules. Um, and I don't like anybody to kind of have that mm-hmm. pressure over me. Um, although when you're not entrepreneur, your, your clients do dictate that a little bit. And right. it's important to set your boundaries. But, you know, yeah. it's a different atmosphere altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, what you just said, though, also can lead anti-partnerships, right? If somebody is that independent, I don't like being an employee, Mm -hmm. how do you two work together in order to make that work for both of your different personalities? That's a great question. Um, And uh, I won't say it's flawless. Um, It never is. No, no. Um, Christian and I are very similar people. Um, we have a lot of the same ambitions. Um, we have a lot of the same the same dreams. We have a lot of the same you know um, desires and things that pull us. But as far as who we are as individuals, the way that we behave, our personalities, our skill sets, it couldn't be more different. Um, he's a very natural dreamer. Um, his head's always up in the skies, up in the clouds somewhere. He's looking for the next step. Uh, very driven towards innovation which is spectacular because I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, I consider myself very grounded. You know, I'm, I'm a person that, um, you know, give me a task to complete. Don't make me find the task, so to speak. Yep. Um, so we naturally complemented each other. And 
uh, between working together at the nightclub and being personal trainers together, we're very lucky in that we knew, we're best friends, but we knew um, kind of each other's skill set. Like mm-hmm. we, we naturally knew what each other was good at and what each other was bad at type of thing. Um, we don't have to remind each other that we're friends at the end of the day. Um, and something that's always been, um, I would say, integral, um, absolutely necessary for our, for our business partnership is be upfront. You know, if he does something that upsets me, I'll tell him immediately. I don't wait until the next day. Um, I, you know, um, we've had it out before. All business owners do, mm-hmm. um, especially partnerships. But um, you know, we don't we don't go to sleep angry. That's kind of one of the you know um, mm-hmm. tenets of our partnership. Um, yeah. And I think it's funny enough because I, I I said that to him many years ago, and I think that him and his wife have kind of applied that toward their relationship yeah. too. But um, in many ways, a business partnership is kind of like a, a marriage of sorts because so. um, you have a you have a invested interest between the two of you which is your business so mm-hmm. how has that that dynamic evolved over the years because at the beginning it, it's a lot easier right everybody's excited it's gung-ho you're starting with a clean slate and once you get employees you get more clients you get more and more going on it's easier for rifts to happen between partnerships. So how sure. has your dynamic changed over the years? Yeah, um, I'll say that our, our roles change, not significantly, but they, they change at least a little bit every single day. Um, you know, he'll he'll have his interests in this marketing or that networking or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, most of my interest in the company is with managing the employees, managing the current client load that we have, um, managing expectations, which is a huge piece of an operator as well. Um, but as far as the way that, that we've evolved over the course of time, you know, when we started, it was just him and I, you mm-hmm. know, we were, we were working out of, out of my office and, um, I'll never forget. It's so funny. It kind of, kind of goes back to him being the innovator type of thing. Um, he's a big, he's a big believer in, you know, if it can be done, we can figure out a way to do it. We just have to be passionate enough towards the subject. And so I'll never forget when we started, we, we did, we, we primarily focused in, uh, Google ads and Facebook ads, and those are services we still offer to this day. Um, one day he comes, you know, knocking on my office and he has that sly Christian smile and I, and I look at him and I, and I look over at him and I just went, no, like what, like whatever you're about to say, the answer's no. Like I know that you're up to something, the answer's no. And sure enough, um, it, it was something to do with LinkedIn. I don't remember, it's been six, seven years ago, but I knew that he was going to get me out of my comfort zone. Um, and make me learn how to do something that I didn't really know how to do. But he knew and believed that I was capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. And we still use that mentality to this day because in marketing, um, it's not like you're just shooting at the dark. You're using, you know, you're you're using your knowledge, you're using your expertise and your your intelligence, um, all the skills that you've gained from different campaigns and experience, and you're applying those towards, towards effectively customer behaviors you know mm-hmm. um that's evolving that's changing every single day which is exhilarating because you know 10 years ago there may have been a you know save 20 percent off offer that that really went gangbusters and these days um i feel as though people shop for quality more than they go for value so mm-hmm. um just an interesting dynamic yeah well, i'm i'm glad you went started going into the tactical aspect of of marketing and strategies because i I'd love to be able to dive a little bit deeper into that. So the thing you just talked about of people are not necessarily going for the cheapest thing anymore. They're looking for higher quality. What, what do you, 
what's the reason for that change in your mind? What's your opinion on that? Why have we, why have we seen that shift? Um, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, I, I think it has to do with, um, I want to use the word value, but it's, it's a different meaning in this case. Um, because it's more like self value, right? Um, so there's something that goes to the psychology of a person where if they're shopping at the dollar store to get something, they they expect to get a certain quality out of that because they know it's an inexpensive mm-hmm. good or service type yeah. of thing. And then there's this third level that from a psychological perspective, you know, they become that person that's shopping at the dollar store to get whatever it is type of thing. Um, you see this a lot with designer clothing. So, you know, for instance, um, you know, if you removed all of the all of the name brand tags from all the clothes that we wear and things like that, at the end of the day, clothing is very, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, there's a guy named Jordan Schindler. I'll introduce you to him. Um, his company's New Fabrics. They were one of the top 10 growing companies in uh, Charlotte in 2022. And I'm sure they probably were for 2023 as well. Um, it's an incredible company. He's an incredible person. Um, but he goes in and, you know, when he was viewing the fabric manufacturing facilities, Under Armour is being made on the same platform that Nike is made on, which is made on the same thing as Reebok, which is made on the same yep. thing as Adidas. They're made in the exact same place. Yep. So, you know, the real difference is, is the self-value that they've gotten from, you know, the marketing angles that they've pulled from. And mm-hmm. each of these brands, you move the, you move the tag, it's probably the same product or right. close to but it makes people feel different. So that would be my answer to that. Long-winded, no, although. No, that's so interesting. Um, one of the things that, that you guys do very well is you capture you capture the brand and then you find a way to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And right, people relate really well to stories. It's probably why podcasts have gotten so popular. For sure. Talk to us about what that process is, right? You have a new client coming in and they want your expertise and your help. How are you capturing that brand to be able to tell that story? Yeah, um, it, it can be challenging. Um, and, um, you know, I, I would use the, the word brand synonymous with like voice. Um, like what's your yeah. voice? And so, you know, we'll go in and ask questions that honestly some customers find really silly um, at first. But I, I'm always transparent. I'm always upfront, grounded and, and operating. And I say, the reason that I'm asking this is so that I can capture your, your voice. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we onboard a new client, we go through a, um, a phase that I call the brand exploration piece. Okay. And I always tell the client, I say, um, this is the part of the conversation that, that I'd like to record as long as you're okay with it. I've never had anybody say no, by the way. Um, but as long as you're okay with it, because I want to use your voice. And interestingly enough, we actually go back and reference mm-hmm. that video. We upload it into a place. Um, it's for our use only. Um, mm-hmm. And we've had some people say some crazy stuff on, <laughs> on brand accelerations. <laughs> I can think of a couple. Um, but we go back and something as simple as like the adjectives that people use to describe their service. You know, we, we use that voice. And, you know, one of, one of the foundations of our company is to be transparent with our customers. And so if they're, if they're using something that we feel does not match their customer desire, then we say, hey, you know, my recommendation might be that instead of saying widget, you say super widget or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, yeah. but we, we want it to make sense to the customer psychology for the good or service they're purchasing. How are you, how are you differentiating 
and this is going to be somewhat of a loaded question. It's not a gotcha question, but it's genuine curiosity. I, I started in the advertising world and design world back in the 80s, right? I mean, a long time ago, mm -hmm. before digital revolution came, all that kind of stuff. And we saw the transformation from, we said, you know, marketing went from the boardroom to the conference room. Like corporations, you know, it, you weren't dealing with the CEOs. Early in my career, I was. I was dealing with CEOs. Then it started getting rele relegated to advertising managers or whatever, mm -hmm. and then procurement departments and all that kind of stuff. Well, then we saw this disintermediation happen with all the digital revolution and Fiverr. You can get logos for five bucks yeah. when we charge $25,000 for them. Yeah, and by the way, yeah, by the way if you need a logo, go to Fiverr. I'll be the first person to tell you that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. My forearm sleeve yeah. was designed by an Italian artist on Fiverr. That's awesome. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I put a put a bit out and had a bunch of people and would never have come across this lady otherwise yep. and had that design, was able to take it to the artist and he made it fit and made but it work. There's so much really talent cool. and it's so <laughs> it's inexpensive on Fiverr. Yeah. And I mean, we've used it before too, um, you know, especially for um, di different uh, things that are not necessarily outside of our skill set, but it's a matter of time management, something that yeah. might take me a yeah. week to do. Right. I can spend $150 and get it done in a day on yeah. Fiverr or something, and that's a much better use of time. I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, no. I mean, that's that's just part of the thing. So mm -hmm. what I think has become the challenge is I've seen that whole industry evolve, and, and the big boys are still trying to figure it out, mm -hmm. as far sure. as I'm concerned. They're, you know, uh, they, they went from TV and all the media and then the first salvo was and i was there when it happened mcdonald's we we had the largest mcdonald's franchise in the country they cut the commissions from 15 to seven and a half percent overnight wow Ooh. oh well then they and they they've continued to do that so you had this caste system of if you're doing tv you're among the elites and mm -hmm. then if you're just doing collateral or anything else you're in the bowels of the ship chained to the oars mm -hmm. literally that's like how it you know the picture really was so now you've got digital warriors doing whatever you know and you've got a whole bunch of fake believers out there sure you never know how do you guys how have you guys found your niche and been able to grow in the midst of a lot of churn and a lot of chaos in that industry. Yeah, it, it can be a bit of a minefield. Uh, and, and you said it perfectly, Gary. You were talking about um, you know the the chaos of the industry. Um, to use your example of you know, let's say somebody gets gets a logo done. And and by the way, you know, we do logos. I hate that work. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want it. And I'll be the first to tell you when somebody starts talking to me about a logo, I'll say unless it's a part of an overarching package or something right. like that. So let's go to Fiverr and see what we can come up with because mm -hmm. they have very talented artists on that. Right. Um, but how do we navigate that? Um, so you have a logo. My my next question would be, what do you do with it? Mm -hmm. Right. And so that that's kind of where we come in. Mm -hmm. um, we come in and you know we we have expertise. We have a very diverse team of of very talented individuals. Um, I'm lucky enough to call the people that I work with friends. And let me tell you, that's that's really nice, especially mm -hmm. compared to um, a lot of different industries that I worked in. But yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we, we start at the end and work backwards a lot of times. So what is your goal? Well, you know, typically speaking, a, a business owner will say, well, more business. It's like, all right, thanks. Uh, duh. <laughs> but, you know, what, what does that mean to you? What, what type of more business? Do you want to sell a certain product mm -hmm. or service? Do you want to 
be more recognizable in this? Do you want do you want that? And then we'll start to develop the strategy to get to that piece. Um, and I think that's the advantage of, of hiring a marketing expert with that. So do you, have you guys, the impetus was, hey, we're going to target fitness places because we're mm-hmm. personal trainers, we're passionate about that. Talk to us about how you've, you know, created niches for yourselves, where you found most traction. Because what I found in, in the marketing world and having lived there with firms that were trying to be all things to all people, they didn't grow. Sure. The ones that got really niche grew like weeds. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about how you guys have done that for you and where you've found your sweet spot. Yeah, um, and thanks for asking that. Um, th- I think that there's a cliche quote of like, there's riches and niches type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I couldn't agree with that more. Um, Anthony Robbins says where... where uh, energy goes, knowledge flows. And so, you know, we really focused, and at first it was on fitness. Um, yeah. And to this day, um, I loved working with fitness centers just because of a personal passion. Um, yeah. As far as an ideal client for where our company's gone type of thing, um, they're not an ideal client mm-hmm. anymore because mm-hmm. we work on different types of projects. Um, how did we find our way through that? through that system. Well, the first thing that I'll tell you is that in 2019, about 40 to 50% of our business was fitness centers. Hmm. Um, it's a very natural fit because we were personal trainers for years. I worked, uh, I had the Nutra shops, so um, yep. I, had, I had two at the end of uh, 2017. And um, I made a lot of partnerships with a lot of gyms, so it was a very natural mm-hmm. angle to... to That's where your network was. Exactly. Um, and... Um, you know, then 2020 hits, and of course the gyms are no longer open. Right. And so you can't market for places that aren't open. And so we lost 50% of our business overnight. Almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to pivot. Um, and, I, and I will um, sing the praise of my business partner, Christian, on that because um, I don't think anybody could have been ready for COVID and nobody expected yeah. it coming. But, you know, he was combined with, with what I would say his innovation and my resilience. Um, you know, we we were able to to choose different different niches to participate in. We were very intentional about it. We um, joined different organizations that were within those uh, niches. We we really started to hone our product on those niches. Um, we started to really target those and and um, really put that energy towards those pieces. And that's what I recommend to to any business owner mm-hmm. too. You know, if you want to targeted accounting firms then you need to learn the lingo you need, yeah. you need to learn yeah. about accounting so what are those niches that you found oh, you had to do your pivot a lot of people did in 2020 those sure. that didn't not around anymore yeah um, those that were fortunate to a lot of times they went in whole new directions yeah so yeah. talk to us a little bit about that yeah um, so the the interesting thing is that um, you know I, I think that when you when you don't know um, the answer to questions sometimes it's best to hire. You know, it's best to hire a person that, mm-hmm. that knows these. And and like I said, we've been lucky enough to be really blessed with our staff. Um, they're extraordinary. Um, some of the niches come from them. They yeah, come from cool. come from their interests. And and you know, it's like, oh, you want to work in that industry? Well, we can put a little effort in that. And um, when people are passionate about things, I, I think they tend to go better. Anyways, um, I'll give you an example. So uh, our our top website developer's name is Corey. Um, Corey's an amazing individual. He's been with us for 
I don't know, four or five years now or something. Um, I'd have to look back. I don't know. I don't know how long it's mm-hmm. been. Um, Corey grew up also in Mooresville, so he's the third, you know, true true uh, Charlottean. Mm-hmm. Um, and his father is uh, is a custom home builder, and so mm-hmm. the um, the lingo that he knew, the mm-hmm. the stuff that he knew was blue collar work. He knew about how to how to work in this. We put a lot of effort in that, um, and and got tremendous reward, tremendously rewarded for it because. Um, you know, he knew very well that industry. Um, other industries, um, we sort of fell backwards into um, restaurants. Hmm. Um, it's probably just because we like to eat or something. I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> I don't. I don't know how we how we ended up in that in that realm. To tell you the truth, um, and then professional work. Um, and it wasn't that we were. Uh, and when I say professional work, I mean you know accountants, attorneys, things like that. Um, seems like we're always working on projects with them, and. I don't think that that one was birthed out of out of the passion for the subject. Um, I think that was birthed out of the passion for the people, mm-hmm. because unlike when I sold cars, dealing with all sorts of people that yeah. mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to share a meal with, type of thing. Yeah, most professional people, white collar workers, um, you know, they they speak a high grace. They're they're very kind people. They pay their bills on time. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> from a business perspective. Um, and so that that I would say would be our three niches. Yeah, um, cool. Of all, mm-hmm. so you would offhand in that answer mentioned being blessed with the people, the employees that you have. Yeah, but a lot of that also has to go back to what you two have done of of bringing the right people in and things like that. So talk us a little bit in through how are you hiring? How are you going about that hiring process? Anything, any insight there would be great. Yeah. Um, it's never the same um, because you know Corey came on staff um, and he's he's been our now longest employee, um, but he came on staff during COVID or before um, I don't know I have to look back but anyway he came he came back and uh, interestingly enough um, he found us so he found us on on Google reached out called us hey are you guys hiring and and then Christian being the open minded entrepreneurial innovator that he is. I uh, said, yeah, man, I'll, I'll sit down with you. Hmm. And I'll never forget because this is a long time ago. And I can I can say this, and I'll tell Corey that I said this too. But, you know, he interviews Corey, and he says, he says, man, this guy is really smart. A little weird, but. <laughs> and, so, and so that's what he said. Creatives. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, and, and creative people often are. But you have to embrace the weird, man. That's that's just a part of uh, the fun <laughs> of it, you know. Um the, the last hire we did about six months ago, we hired, we hired Hutch. Um, he's extraordinary. Um and I'm I'm really big on transparency. So this this particular hiring completely different strategy. So Corey found us, we found Hutch, you know. But um, so you know we post out on Indeed. I probably went through 20 interviews, and I I felt like when I um, when I found the right person, I would I would just know. I just believe that, you know. And um, we went through the interview process, and there were a couple people that were really unimpressive, and just and I'm a little nitpicky, so I was like, oh, you know, that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, his hair was a rat's nest or whatever. You know, just something like that or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then then when I interviewed Hutch, he sent a cover letter in. And um, he was one of the only people that did that. And it was very specific. And it said, hmm. you know, I've noted how Business Marketing Solutions Group does this, this, and this. So it was something that was very well done. By the way, nowadays, you know, now that we've that Hutch has been on staff for as long as he has, he generated all that by AI. It took him two minutes, you know. <laughs> but but as we're talking about it, he's talking about AI. He's talking about ChatGPT. And yep. I'm like, this is great. This is yep. a this is an innovator. This is a person that's going to embrace new technology coming in. You know. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the other thing about Hutch. When uh, we were going through the interview process, it's a work from home position. 
um, and we're going through the interview process. And he says, look, man, um, I'm super interested in this position. I just want to be really honest with you. He's like, I have a newborn. Uh, or not a newborn, I'm sorry. She's three. But I, at the yeah. time, she's like, that's yeah. two or whatever. He's like, he's like um, you know, if you need me somewhere, I will make arrangements. Like, I will make arrangements for this. And there, and we do meet together at least bi-weekly, if not more often than that or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. not like, it's not like, hey, Gary, I'll see you in 30 minutes or whatever. You know, it's, right. like, it's right. like, hey, on Friday, can you make a meeting? And we're very kind with that. It's like, mm-hmm. if you have a plan or something, like, we, we work around people. But he's like, he's like, if... If it comes a time when I have to go to an office or something like that, I cannot do it because I, I have a daughter. And he's like, yeah. I just want to be very upfront about that. And I appreciated that Love so it. much because everybody else, you know, through the interview process, you, you filter through a lot of BS. You know, you filter mm-hmm. through a lot of, yeah. I've never read a resume that, that showed an honest, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like negative quality of a person. Right. Right. Um, but I just really appreciated that. He's been spectacular. Yeah. So it's just different strategy. Well, it also set both of you up for success going forward. For because sure. if you didn't know that and yeah. wanted to pull him in one afternoon mm-hmm. and he can't do it mm-hmm. and you don't know why, that's going to look like an unengaged employee. Right. So. Right. And that's not the case at all in his right. case. So, yeah. Yeah. No. Love that. So I've got a question for you. Um, sure. An observation first. Communication is usually one of the banes of every company or organization that has mm-hmm. more than one person oh for sure <laughs> right yeah whenever you have two people <laughs> communication it usually has room for improvement i don't know it's just a human condition i guess yeah another observation was in a lot of the communication world in the communication industry communication was absolutely worse like sure. abysmal mm-hmm. like what, what 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 you guys are <laughs> We're, we're professionals in communication, and we don't know how to talk to one another. It's just really crazy. Yeah. How have you guys been intentional about dealing with that, and especially in a remote workforce? Yeah, um, that is a spectacular question. Um, and it does come with its own set of challenges. Um, and just to give you like a very small backstory, um, our lease was running out in, um, we're in 24, so it was running out in 22. And Christian and I are going back and forth now. Now in our line of work, if I had my computer right here and I was connected to your internet, mm-hmm. I could work at almost full speed. And the mm-hmm. only reason that I couldn't is because I don't have another monitor. Right. You know, so I'm working at about eighty percent speed. Yeah. Um, and Christian and I kind of, you know, once again attributing him to be a great innovator. He's like, listen, man, to be competitive in this market, we're going to have to offer work from home. We're just going to have to because yeah, that's right. All of our competitors are doing it. There's so many advantages to it. We have a young workforce. They're going to want it. Yep. Um, we're going to need to do things to stay together. So we still get together bi-weekly and do things. Um, usually just fun things. We call it BMSG Day. Um, <laughs> but we were very intentional. We sat our staff down. We said, hey, guys, um, we, have, we have an opportunity here, right? Um, so on one hand, um, we can re-sign our lease. And we were actually, I, I may have told you this, but... We were going to take our conference room and um, take tenant allowance and make it into an awesome podcast room. And we were going to have a great podcast room in, in space, right? Mm-hmm. And we could have done that. We were going to. We were ready to pull the trigger and re-sign the lease for five years, or we can give up the office. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to have some restrictions here. Um, you know, such as if I call you at ten o'clock, 
you know, on a Monday, you better pick up, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we're, we're going to have to have these restrictions in place. Um, what do you guys want? We want to, we want to hear from you. And, you know, our mm. staff being the millennials and zennials they are, they went, peace, and they packed up their stuff, and they, and, and we never saw them again. No, we, we never saw them in the office again, pretty much. Um, and it worked great. Um, we, our productivity went up about 30%. Really? Um, for, for better or for worse, um, everybody that we work with likes each other. Yeah. And so I can't tell you how many times, and Christian and I being best friends, we probably set the example from the top down, Fair. too. But, um, you know... We, there's a lot of water cooler talk. We're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, oh, how was your date last Tuesday? You know, whatever else. And a lot of that doesn't happen when we're remote. Yeah. Um, from a communication perspective. So I'm a big believer that um, software exists to empower and enable us. Um, it does not exist to make our lives harder. And so one of our foundations with BMSG is that every quarter I go and I test a new software. So I've tested just about every CRM you can imagine. I've tested mm-hmm. lots of different communication software. I've chosen my favorites. I'm very picky once again, but uh, I hate Microsoft Teams. But anyways. <laughs> um, I'm not I, a big fan either. I hate Microsoft. Don't get me started on that. Um, <laughs> I hate Microsoft Teams. But so, for instance, we use a couple of different software. Um, the first one we use is Slack. Slack yep. is uh, is like a, think about it, like a, a channeled uh, giant group text. Yep. And so we're able to share a lot of different stuff with that. Um, we do it with our clients as well because that way, you know, if I'm not available or if I'm in a podcast, then, um, you know, somebody on our staff can answer a question that you have. Um, we use Monday.com. Monday.com is a project management software. And whenever we onboard a new client, we'll put them in our Monday.com software and we say, okay, this is what we have to achieve with this client. And here's our deadlines to do so. And we adhere to that. Um, yeah. So, you know, unless something crazy happens, that's pretty much our, our timeline. So we share this with the client too. Um, so that really helps with communication, just using those software and, and making sure that they're enabling us. Um, we've used different software and let them go um, because we didn't like them like Microsoft Teams. But, <laughs> but um, you know, we were able to pick and choose the software that we use to make it work for us. You had mentioned the podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that a little bit. Sure. So first off, fill the listeners in on what is Business Legends podcast. Yeah, uh, so Business Legends is uh, the way that we play hooky on Wednesday morning and uh, get to meet <laughs> awesome people like Gary Fry. Um, but it was, it was an idea that we came up with. Um, I I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. So is Christian. Um, we came up with this idea and we said, you know, an amazing way to meet people is through podcasts and invite them on something. Um, using our skills, you know, as a team that we can provide them something of value that's not just, hey, Gary, I don't know you. Um, I'm this random person on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we go grab coffee and I can learn more about, about your CPA firm or something right. like that, right? Um, we give people the ability to tell their stories, um, which is awesome, and I, and I love to hear it. And gosh, nowadays, it's, it's almost like a um, like advanced education. You know, I feel like yeah. I'm in a graduate school of sorts. Yeah. Um, we're lucky enough to get all these multi-talented individuals with amazing life stories, just like Gary. And, um, you know, we, we use it as a means of education and networking. Um, and to me, it's the single most fun thing that we do from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I like networking. I like events. Um, but I look forward to Wednesday morning every week. It's eerily similar as far as why <laughs> I started. Yeah. Uh, must have been, what, seven or eight years ago? That's yeah. how Gary and I met. Yeah. Um, 
I was just starting out as an ad, a financial advisor, mm. uh, and I coached college basketball before, so knew absolutely oh, cool. nobody. Uh, and asking people on LinkedIn to get coffee has a pretty high failure rate. Now yeah. you can't do it at all, but even no. seven, eight years ago, yeah. you may get a 10 or 20% rate. Right. And I loved podcasts, and so I started doing that instead. Mm-hmm. Of, hey, let's sit down, and I can add value by letting people tell their story. So it's yeah. just—it's interesting how you how you talked about that. It—it's—it's it's been an incredible ride, I will say. Um, how do you how do you feel about your um, your production value? So so I, I know you guys are a little <laughs> bit ahead of us. I think we're at ninety three episodes or something, and you guys are on a hundred and something. But yeah, um, how do you feel about it now as compared to when you started? Uh, so two different phases. Sure. When I was when I ran it myself, it was a bad microphone that I got off of Amazon oh, yeah. and hooked up to the computer oh, sure. in front of two people. Right. And or in between two people. And mm-hmm. I ran, I don't know, fifty or sixty episodes of that. Mm-hmm. And then Gary and I did this together and now we're at what about one ten or something yeah. like that. Yep. And it's dramatically increased. The, yeah. the microphones are a lot better. I'm better at editing. I now have a content person that's doing editing and doing the videos. And it just keeps getting better and better. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest difference is the way that we're asking questions and digging in. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm, I'm an infinitely better interviewer than I was at the beginning. Yeah. And it's a great skill set to have that I just didn't even think mm-hmm. about starting. It was more of... I need to network in some capacity. I want to be able to sit down and hear these people's story and learn about them. But this byproduct of being a better conversationalist, a better listener, mm. a better person, a better uh, interviewer, somebody asking questions is probably a better way to say it because it carries through everything, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just microphones yeah. in front of us. That's been probably the biggest difference of it all. Yeah. Um, what a ride. Um, I, I I love podcasting. It's so much fun. Um, I enjoy it every single time. and. Um, you know, there's a Bob Marley, I think it's Bob Marley quote, it's, it's knowledge speaks, but wisdom listens. And that, mm-hmm. that was a huge differentiator for, for us when we were doing our show was, um, it, you know, it's not, it's not that you, you, you can't share your own experiences and things like that, but I'm a talker of course. And, and, uh, you know, we had listeners reach out and they say, Hey, Reese, shut up, <laughs> you know, listen to, listen to the people on the show a little bit more. And when that when that light switched, um, I did not take it personally. I, I, I'm I'm proud to say I, I like you know I, I welcome constructive criticism, um, but it made a big difference in the production value. Yeah, and just love it, man. That's great. What has that done for your business? Mm. Our business went up tremendously um, as soon as we started with with um, with our podcast and, and our goal. Perhaps it's our networking style, but um, what what we've always done in any networking group that we've been a part of, or any networking event or whatever, like like I'm not interested in your business. I'm interested in who you know, and I want you to trust me enough that that you know, with my knowledge and expertise and things like that, that if somebody has a need for something that is my forte or something, you are comfortable introducing mm-hmm. them to me. Mm-hmm. And what we found almost immediately when we kind of transitioned from that it, or to that style is that typically people know a lot more business leaders and entrepreneurs than they operate businesses. So instead of mm-hmm. you know getting one business, all of a sudden we have networking and referral partners that are sending us 10 and 15 different businesses. And that was really the big mm. difference yep. for us. 
Um, there's an awesome guy. Um, his name's uh, Todd Bulow. The company is. <laughs> yeah. You know Todd Bulow? I just yeah. had lunch with him. Did you really? Today. Did you really? <laughs> hey, Todd. He, he was on here, too. Oh, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Well, well, I guess I can skip. Dual Boot Partners is his company. Yeah. Um, he's an extraordinary networker. networker and mm-hmm. um, and if you're around him for more than seven seconds, he'll inevitably say, um, your, your network is your net worth. And I believe that completely. Yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Todd, Todd knows it, and there's a. It's what's interesting to me is there's a difference. He's a go giver. Mm-hmm. He, he is a giver. He is not like, hey, let's get together and then I can pull stuff. And hey, can you recommend somebody? Like I just met you, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, no, um, he gets it. Yep. And and when you find people that do that, they 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 give more. That they aren't giving to get. Mm-hmm. They, it's like the law of reciprocity. It yep. happens. It just happens. Serve people well, and oftentimes people like cast your bread on the water, and it comes back. Mm-hmm. It just does. But that's one of the things that you like. You being a, a native in this area, now listen for anybody listening to this. Mooresville for anybody that lives in Charlotte is like West Virginia. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes north of here. Yeah. It's so funny the ecosystems between the lake and down here. For sure. Uh, but that also helps give me even more clarity on your dad being a car guy because there yeah. are a lot of NASCAR guys up there. Race to the USA, baby. Yeah, that's, it's, that's who we it are. Is. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a lot up there. Uh, it was also where Lowe's brought their head- headquarters. Right. Mm-hmm. So yep. just so you know. For anybody listening to this out in Australia or whatever, and we do have some of those. But uh, anyway, I, I really do appreciate, and I noticed that about you and Christian. It wasn't, it, hey, come be on our podcast and let us uh, shake you down and take you through a timeshare uh, mm-hmm. pitch. No, it wasn't that at all. It was it was really serving. We had a delightful lunch at the City Club mm-hmm. afterwards. Really cool. So I, I just want to say thank you for doing that and for being that kind of a ripple maker in this city that we love. I mean, we're here because we love this city. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. And uh, believe me, the joy was mine. Um, and it, it's just been an incredible ride. Um, and, you know, you were talking about uh, people that are go-givers. And yeah. I got to tell you about uh, one of my best friends. His name is Eric Powell. Eric Powell's business is Artisan Signs and Graphics. They do um, signage, outdoor signage primarily. Um, check them out. Um, he is the biggest go-giver I've ever met in my entire life. Almost every time that I speak to him, you know, I'll just call him. In fact, I just spoke with him last night, and uh, we are talking about Harry Potter. But anyway, <laughs> we, you know, every time I speak to him, he's like, man, I need, I need to introduce you to blank. And I'm like, and, and every time, I'm like, I would love for you to do that, please. But, you know, I'm trying to talk about Harry Potter, man. You know, but yeah. but his his <laughs> mentality towards um, just networking in general, um, I mean, he is one of the best people at networking that I've ever seen in action because mm-hmm. his entire approach to business is based on giving. Mm-hmm. It's based on who can I introduce you to, who can, who can, who can help you you know, level up or, or yeah, yep, um, yep. get to the next step type of thing. So you've had the unique perspective with the business and the podcast to meet a plethora of people. And, and I'm curious, what are, with all these interactions, what are some of the habits you've implemented, lessons you've learned along the way, anything mm-hmm. like that, that, that pop up in your mind? Oh, sure. Um, I mean, it's like, 
the be, being on a podcast or you know having a podcast, getting to meet all these amazing people. Um, like I said, it, it's like advanced education, and you know we're lucky enough to to meet entrepreneurs. It's kind of our target market that um, for guests that um, that you know some of them have been there and done that. Some of them have approached it this way, and everybody's story is is unique in its own way. Um, we've had business partners that don't get along. We've had business partners that get along just like Christian and I. Um, mm-hmm. We've had, you know, people people that have lost a billion dollar biz- evaluated business, um, and we've had people that have a thriving, you know, one million dollar business. So mm-hmm. I mean, we we've had this great range of folks. Um, one thing that I will say is that the people that we've had on our podcast have instilled uh, what I would call entrepreneurial values upon us. Um, and that's not like like a moral code. It's not like you know, be nice to be, do unto others as you would have them do to right. you, or anything like that. It's more like, um, you know, how do you approach business? So, no matter what industry you're in, you could be an accountant, you could be a marketing person, you could be an attorney, um, you could own a nutrition shop, you could sell cars or, or whatever else. But how do you approach business, and and what makes a business profitable? So the first piece is, you automatically know if you're thinking about business that the most valuable asset that we have is time time is is indelible it is the one thing that we cannot that that we cannot change mm-hmm. it moves at the same constant pace so how do we divide time in such a way that you know i don't have to be a part of every meeting how do i enable my team so that so that i can go out and do things that are more profitable for the business how can i enable them to approach business in such a way that that they're a part of a growth mindset that's huge for me you know um, another thing that I will say, we've we've had a lot of folks from uh, EO Entrepreneurs Organization, mm-hmm. um, which Christian is also part of, um, extraordinary entrepreneurs um, and their approach to business. But one of the one of the things that that they typically all do is that they sit down um, either by themselves or with their business partner or with their board in some cases, and they they create you know what is. What is my plan for this company or business for a year? What is my plan for three years? What is my plan for five years? Um, it's not rocket science, but they they write that they write those goals down, and then much like our approach to marketing, they'll say they'll say what do I have to do in order to reach that revenue goal or yep. that size or whatever else? And instilling those business that business acumen that value, I mean, it's been absolutely extraordinary for us. That's good insight. This whole conversation has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I really appreciate it. Where can people go to find you and also to check out the company? Yeah, uh, so I'm Reese M. Arlen MBA on uh, LinkedIn. I earned my MBA, dang it. So I, I, I'll put my MBA. I have friends <laughs> from grad school that, that like, you're such a nerd for putting MBA. Then I was like, I, I earned it, you know. Uh, but that's who I am on LinkedIn. Uh, the name of, the, of our business is Business Marketing Solutions Group, uh, which is a mouthful, but it's businessmarketingsolutionsgroup.com. Uh, that was a mistake of eight years ago. <laughs> the, the number of letters, and we've we've learned that. But um, if somebody wants to email me. It's Reese R E E C E at thebmsg.com. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, bud. Thank you. <laughs>